0: count your time just take one week where you're you know a normal work week and do back of the envelope of the seven days how many hours a day did you do and then times that by 20 uh, by 52 and uh, and you'll get your total average time spent in your business for the year we are michael vesey in london england and jason miles in seattle washington
1: more importantly You are the owner of a thriving online business and you want to become the best e-commerce leader you can be. We're here to get you there. For show notes with links and resources mentioned today and for other GC resources like downloads, just visit our blog, TheEcommerceLeader.com. Today's sponsor is Eva, the best Amazon stock management tool. How much has going out of stock cost you over the lifetime of your business? And what is it going to cost you this Q4? Eva predicts precisely what stock you need. It learns from your account and it improves constantly. Eva serves hundreds of private label seven-figure sellers. To get a 15-day free trial, go to amazingfba.com forward slash Eva. That's amazingfba.com forward slash EVA. Welcome back to the e commerce leader podcast. Uh, today, we are in the middle of talking about reducing your time costs or your wasted time. Time is your most valuable commodity, it's a non renewable resource that is to say none of us are going to get to use infinite amount of time and therefore we have to use it really really well into the extent that we do our business will grow and our life satisfaction generally will grow with it as well so it's a fantastic thing to do because it's only upside really managing your time better today we're going to talk about a couple of bigger picture things that you can do on top of our list that we had last episode plus four questions you should be asking yourself to really double check your time usage and make sure it's the most effective it can possibly be. So listen up, take notes. As ever, we've got notes over at theecommerceleader.com. But above all, implement this stuff. This is very, very doable, implementable in your personal part of your business. So I hope you find this as uh, productive as we did and enjoy. I know some people, I knew a couple of people who wanted to be paramedics because they like the adrenaline rush. And I think it is kind of quite addictive and it makes you feel very important. And obviously (laughs) paramedics and nurses are really important and we kind of are really important, but we need to be willing to let go of that adrenaline rush of importance personally, because it can't be forward without a decision from me right now to this point where we enjoy standing back and watching the creativity isn't in the activities so the technician level if you like it's it's moving through the, the the classic what do you call it the e-myth revisited levels isn't it that we don't get the buzz from doing stuff we don't even get the buzz from managing people well although that is a big step up we get the buzz from creating a system that means we can just stand back and let it work day to day so we've, we've laid out the railway tracks we've made sure that somebody's running the trains on time we just stand back and look at it you know, stand back look at our works and declare that it is good it's a seventh day thing you know isn't it <laughs> seventh day of Genesis not day Michael one. Michael <laughs> quoting the bible on Yeah me. look at me I'm sorry about that yeah I don't mean to All be. Right, there you go. So simple, but there you go. It's yeah, no, uh, we should be aiming to be you know right. the creator of a mini universe that runs on its own without us interfering exactly. and you're absolutely right and there is an addictiveness and an excitement about that triage nurse drama that you've mm-hmm. I'm certainly running mm-hmm. that way by default and mm-hmm. I think yeah you're right it's hard to wean yourself off it but
0: if we must. Well, to make it meta in a way, to your point, the thing that we focus on doing is selling products, digital products, physical products, products we bought at wholesale and markup, products we had manufactured. But the reality is what we're actually building is a business and the uh, obsession with building that business so you can sell that business is the product. Uh, that that is the product that you're working on as the CEO. And so there you have it. So absolutely yeah. right. Okay, great. So f- that's
1: uh, number four. Yeah. What's yeah. number five? Sorry.
0: Yeah. So these get now real practical tactical, this next list of five. And we, so we've got a couple more. And then you know, you've got four questions. I've got two more here on my side of the list. And then you've got four great questions. So they'll become very practical here. And we would just challenge the listeners to think through how to implement these practical suggestions in 2022. And, and so the fifth Uh, Tip is count your time. And here's what I would suggest everybody do. Just take one week where you're, you know, a normal work week and do back of the envelope, you know, of the seven days, how many hours a day did you do just just tabulate it on a post it note or whatever, and then times that by 20 uh, by 52. And, uh, and you'll get your total average time spent in your business for the year. Now, if you're paying a full-time regular employee in the United States, the total hours you calculate, I used to be a compensation analyst was my first job. The total hours I always remember is 2,080 hours for the year is what you use for full-time equivalency of an employee. And so, and I believe that was 168 hours a month. So that's how you look at what a full-time person would be w- would be, you know, paid 2080 hours. And so what you want to ask yourself the you know, question related to in terms of counting your time is: are you working full time in your business? Maybe you're not. And uh, maybe you extract full time wages from a part time gig. Thumbs up. Maybe you extract part time wages from a doubly full time gig. Thumbs down. And so, you know, that's the thinking here in terms of counting your time, you obviously know what your employees are submitting in terms of their time in terms of if they're an hourly person giving you part time work, you know, every time period, or if they're a full time regular employee what you're paying them. So it's a little bit different exercise to work on your team effort this way. But for your personal effort, just count your time as the fifth tip. Any thoughts on that, Michael? And the sixth one goes related to it. But let's mention this one first. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think it's really important that there's that uh, Peter Drucker quote that what gets measured gets done. I love Mm -hmm. Peter Drucker. It's so hands on and it's intellectually cogent and yet very practical. And that's really true. So if you're not measuring your time, you're probably just not aware of how you're spending it. I use toggle.com uh, religiously, which I'm doing right now. It's it's tracking away the fact that I'm recording a podcast for the e-commerce leader. Mm-hmm. And I organize it by projects, including the e-commerce leader is one of the projects or, you know, multiple projects. What's it um, called? What's the domain? Um, it's toggle. T O G G L dot com and it's free what i'm less good at doing is looking back at it weekly monthly and quarterly and analyzing how i'm spending my time partly because i just exactly like looking at financial numbers i'm afraid that it's going to reveal some pretty hard truths <laughs> and so uh that's something i need to get better at doing but at least i'm tracking it so what i would say is an old um business partner of mine who's literally a rocket scientist or trained in rocket science who, who's very effective very very effective website operator for him uh, like i bet a better, nine figure business now or at least he's part of their team and he said yeah look the thing about data is you you can mess around with it later but just collect it first and keep it accurately Mm -hmm. and then you can analyze it so i really need to sit down and do some analysis but i really love toggle.com very simple to use you just go click click and you're measuring Mm -hmm. so
0: that's really good okay that's i love that so that's the fifth tip the sixth tip is just related to it which is just calculate true time value and so let's so so let's just say you have a theoretical perfect full-time job and in the uh, American classic sense of the term 2080 hours uh, a year invested into your business then the question is what's your hour effective hourly rate and I would just encourage you to just to, you know divide your prior year personal income w2 money extracted from your business and owners draws and divide it by the total number of hours that you have in that Tip five and get yourself an effective uh, or accurate hourly rate. If your hourly rate, I would just I would I would throw this out on the table. If your hourly rate is something below what you deem to be a reasonable full time professional job, and you know fifty dollars an hour, for example, that's one hundred and four thousand dollars a year of income. So, you know, all things being equal, is that going to change your, the world for you? No, but would you consider that a full time professional wage? Sure. And that's in the ballpark. Uh, so that's $50 an hour. So, so if you use some math like that and ask yourself, are you honestly paying yourself a professional wage in association with your time? Then you're going to get some clarity on either lowering your time involvement or Extracting greater revenue <laughs> or, or, or profits, sorry, from your from your business. One of those two things to right size your personal investment. Because I can tell you one thing: if you sell your company, the person who buys it is either going to hire somebody to run it or run it themselves, and they're going to expect some fair compensation for their time and effort. And you know, you can't get to the place where you want to sell your business and say, "Oh, P.S. This takes you know ninety five hours a week for the." you know, whatever it is, X amount of of income. You can't do that. It won't work. And so we got to think ahead and, you know, begin with the end in mind and ask ourselves these hard questions. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I like that a lot. And and what I think is really great about this kind of metric is that you're combining the two really critical things, which is money and time. The only nuance I'd add, and you may have meant this, but I think it's important to state it explicitly, is you're not allowed to use revenue divided by hours as a number. Mm-mm, because mm-mm. otherwise, if you're an Amazon seller, that can make you look like a genius very quickly because it's not that hard to scale the revenue. It needs to be your profit. Yeah, meaningless. Which one? Yeah. yeah. Is it pre-tax profit? I guess if you're comparing it with a wage, it's probably a pre-tax profit. The, the tax structure, obviously... Yeah. For wages versus, you know, business profits can be extremely different. So even then, I, I'd kind of prefer to compare net, you know, net of tax profits would be more mm. meaningful. But, I, you know, okay. even your pre-tax yeah. profit is, is at least yeah. a great starting point. And I think it's critical to say that because a lot of us just kind of kid ourselves that it kind of doesn't matter. And I see that a lot. And I see people working for $25,000 a year in profit that isn't their cash flow into their personal bank account that's just profit that they own in theory which has to go back into to to, to stock really no yeah that's kind of tragic way
0: to look at it i I, what i'm asking people to do is act as if you're an employee in your business just like if Mm -hmm. you had an employee that was you Yeah, And how are you paying them? And so in that regard, I would say it's the hourly rate you would be paying them that goes into their checking account. Again, for you, it's either through, uh, you know, W-2 payroll money or owner's draws if you're an LLC structured as an S-corp, which, uh, you know, most of us are in the U.S. And and so that's pre-tax, I suppose you could say. Just like an employee would say, well, what's my, you know, what's my salary? Yeah. and, and you don't say, well, pre-tax or post-tax, you just say your, your salary is 80000 a year or sure. 50000 a year or 120000 a year or whatever it is. And, and I think all of us need to do that as e-commerce operators and ask ourselves those hard questions. Um, so there you go. So that's, uh, that's six uh, yeah. tips. And then now we've got four powerful questions. Michael, you want to lead us through those? Sure.
1: So the first thing to say is to acknowledge this is also from the four-hour Work Week. I mean, I could have re- rephrased it, but I just think they're pretty beautifully put. Sure. Uh, the first question is, what are the top three activities I used to feel as though I've been productive? And this is more like very, very tactical day-to-day mm-hmm. level. For me, the hint would be email. That, that can take up so much time. Literally, the, the last conversation I had, but well, actually, the last client I worked with, but we've had a couple of sessions this week. And one was, he said to me, um, before we implement X, Y, Z, and we were looking at various things he was struggling with, um, what you know how do i find time to implement this stuff and i and we looked at what he was doing and i said unsurprisingly he said i said how do you deal with email he said oh i have a monitor open to it the entire day and it has notifications and everything else i said right the first thing you're going to do is you're going to not do that you're going to take get rid of any notifications you're going to have to manually refresh it and you're going to check it three times a day i said i know that that's you know for you that's going to be a painful translation is like 11 a.m 2 p.m and and whatever before you leave work 6 p.m whatever it is and we spoke three days later and he said wow you know i'm really getting withdrawal symptoms from it, but my goodness, I've got a lot of time. And it mm-hmm. really was an immediate change. So there you go. Mm-hmm. Email's yep. always a good hint. Social media is the other one. Just because you've got a Facebook account and people comment on it doesn't mean that as a CEO, it's the best use of your time to come on, on random yeah. brain farts from people who may never consume a, a penny of your stuff.
0: Two right. So, <laughs> yeah. There you go. That's the and first think- one. All of us need to ask ourselves the question for us personally, what is it? it? It feels like, you know, an activity that's important, but actually isn't. I know for me over the last few weeks, we're recording this on the 9th of January. Over the Christmas holiday, we had COVID and and it was also Christmas holiday a couple weeks, you know, and New Year's. And so we just didn't do any meetings. And I just, after the first week of no meetings, you know, we had just postponed or canceled all of our, you know, co- consulting meetings. And I said to Cinnamon, this feels like the first real honest-to-goodness vacation I've had in a long time. I mean, just like no meetings. And and what I realized is I've I've filled my schedule a bit too much, and I already take Fridays off. I have no meetings on Fridays already. But But to have the whole week with no meetings felt to me like, wow, total liberation. So, you know, I think when we go through these periods and we look at what activities we're doing in our business, the question is, are they the highest and best use of our time? And, uh, you know, that that's a powerful question. So there you go. I love that. That's, that's your, the first, first question. So we're calling that number, uh, number seven. What else you got on the list? Okay, the next one is to, to your question of the highest and best
1: use of my time. If I only accomplish this one task, will I be satisfied with my day? And mm-hmm. I really love this question because I, my, I've i got this terrible tendency and I know myself now. If I write a to-do list for a day, it's probably at least a week for any human. I mean, including myself, I'm reasonably productive when it comes to my new shy and getting through detailed stuff, but I know how ridiculous I am. So I have to sort of, not even 80, 20, I need to just look through and go, right, what's the one single thing that I get to the end of the day, my my version of this question is, i am going to? hate myself for not doing x and if you're a sort of person that's somewhat pain motivated i'm like what am i going to get to the end of the day and go oh my goodness mike i can't believe you didn't know X. I I try and look forward to the end of the day look back and go what am i going to hate myself for if i don't get it done Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and and that's quite an effective question for me personally and i'm sorry it doesn't sound very positive and you know it is real real reality for me that it it works maybe because i'm an artistic perfectionist Mm -hmm. type and that's the way my brain works but it's really effective if you can discipline yourself to do that
0: if i only accomplish this one thing today will i be satisfied with my day so can i ask you about your your thing because i this is very interesting to me is it different yeah. every day for you or is it one secret thing that you say this is my secret you know my secret thing i have to be do every day to be feel productive it, it's it
1: goes in projects so at the moment okay. like I'm, I'm basically going um, have i moved my book forward because i you and i did an interview about a year and a half ago where i, I promised on air to you and and the listening nations that i was going to create a book within a few months and i haven't that was 18 months ago and i'm thinking this is ridiculous i definitely writer at some level doesn't mean i've got the craft nailed yet but i'm a very detailed person i'm a very verbal person it's, it's got to be something that is somewhere in the top four or five activities i should be good at and i want to do it and then so therefore I, i'm frustrated with myself at the end of the day that i've not moved that forward uh, and that happened yesterday for example and i made the excuse that i had to fiddle on a computer system but the reality is i'm using the same camera i was going to use anyway on the same computer and the other computer I was going to try and link it with, did it really make any difference? No. So, so I managed to waste an hour doing something that felt productive, but ultimately was not. <laughs> so there you go. So I've broken my own rules. But today, and I suppose I'm saying this live on air again, I'm going to work for one hour on my book, not more. But I, if I get to the end of the day and I've done one solid hour, move the book forward in a way that I can tick off on my spreadsheet, I'll be like, okay, that was a worthwhile day.
0: You know what's crazy? It's the exact same thing for me. Really? But you produce so
1: many books. You're so good at producing books.
0: Well, my secret only, my only valuable contribution to a day, in my view, frequently is have I written, you know, a good solid, you know, chunk towards my next book. Nice. And, you know, it doesn't mean, you know, the consulting we do isn't important and valuable and all that. But but at the end of the day, I say I didn't have time to write. I say something screwed up and i'm not happy. and so and you yeah i mean i have whatever i don't know on kindle i think i have 11 or 12 books plus other yeah. ebooks that aren't on kindle that we sell through or use through our site. i love to write. writing is what makes me feel like i'm producing something for a legacy that will be listened to or looked at after i'm dead, you know? i mean like it is the permanent record of our life. something that's published like that. so, you know, to me I just, I'm a teacher at heart. I love to write and it makes me feel energized, not de-energized. And so it gives me a frame to uh, run my life with is if I'm being a constructive writer, I'm not happy with my work in that regard. It's it's a toil. It's always not good enough. It's always not completed. It's always not. Even once the books are done, they were never good enough. And I will one day be a New York Times bestselling author or I won't be, but that's always been the goal. And so I love it. And so to me, that's the, the one thing.
1: Um, I, I think you're going to be New York. I think you're going to be the best seller author. I see no reason why not. I mean, you're very quotable. For example, you just said, writing is the permanent record of my life. That's mm. a great reason. That's a very powerful reason to write. I like it. But also the fact that, that's your you're fairly consistent with what matters to you whereas i tend to mm-hmm. go through sort of phases and projects which is not terrible but it's interesting that if you obsess about one thing every single day of your life you're probably going to get pretty good at that one thing and you'll get known for that one thing and and that's probably going to have more impact in your business life than getting known for 10 things to a mediocre degree i think yeah um yeah. which is Love the it. trap i fall into ninth one is is similar to what activities do i use to feel and productive but not quite the same are you inventing things to avoid avoid the important so so my example I've just gave—I I invented fiddling around with my laptop, which I've now repaired, had the screen repaired for. Just come back from two and a half weeks away. I want to kind of run everything through that laptop instead of the, the desktop computer I'm using. But they're both Macs. they both got the same. They're both about the same era. And and there's not actually much difference. So really, would it have made much more difference to my life if I'd um, just let that ride for a couple of weeks and just written the book last night? No, I mean I just invented something brand new. I haven't even spent time fiddling with a computer system for months to feel to avoid writing because I at some level I'm probably afraid I'm going to write a terrible book and then it's going I'm going to put hundreds of hours of work into it and then it won't sell and I'll feel like an idiot. And I guess that's I can sense. Why I made an excuse, but it wasn't excuse.
0: Deep psychology is happening yeah. here in this.
1: Process. It is. This is ha- this is the psychology of um, procrastination. <laughs> is fascinating because there's always yeah. a deeper psychology behind it. In my opinion,
0: epi- yeah, it, might right. it. Yeah. Am yeah. I inventing things to avoid the important, powerful yeah. question, man? Yeah. And uh, you know, I think you're right because the important stuff frequently does take mental and emotional energy. Mm. It takes something deeper, something that's not just a mindless work fidget. And the mindless work fidgets sometimes are soothing it's It's almost like, "Oh, I know I can achieve this, and I know this work fidget I can get done i I can yes. make this tweet or I can make this social you know post on Facebook. I know I can do that. you know, I know I can stir up controversy on Facebook, and uh, those are easy things, and the hard things the are the important things so, yeah. to your
1: point, I think you're absolutely right, so the work fidgets are quite soothing, and I think it's really, really a big trap and a yawning trap is to feel like a very productive person you make a list of 20 things one of which is for example for you and at the moment for me writing a a chapter of a book or something like that or a thousand words whatever it is and then the other 19 are things like stirring up controversy on on facebook in order to get Mm -hmm. some likes which lead to no revenue and no nothing good in fact now you've got a reputation for being a guy who stirs up problems on facebook groups and and the other 18 probably you know (laughs) includes uh, emails that don't matter and um hassling your va about some minutiae that you won't remember in 24 hours and i'm good at all those by the way so the the biggest danger is writing a long list i think you need to write a list of one per day and and then you can add three or four
0: if you like but actually it doesn't matter (laughs) it reminds me of that metaphor where they have all a glass jar and then they've got the boulders and the smaller rocks and the gravel and the water and if you do it in the wrong order uh, you can't fit it all in and if you do it in the right order you can fit everything in and the right order is to put the big things in first you have to put the big things in first that's the, like the trick and so there you go vivian ask a quick question michael can you please share the website that you use for time tracking again on your projects sure it's called toggle.com T-O-G-G dot. Sorry, T-O-G-G-L.com. Really, really great system. Love it. We've created quite a list of resources here. I'm keeping track here on our little working document, which we'll put them in the show notes. But this is a great one. Okay, so let's bring it home, man. What's the 10th tip here for reducing the time costs in your business? It's really simple, but it's one to
1: ask yourself throughout the day, are you trying to multitask? Because if you are, you're wasting your time. Human brains don't multitask. They're, they're like CPUs, actually. They task switch. And, you know, there are many claims like women multitask better than men. Well, as I understand the psychology, and I do actually know a brain scientist, like a neuroscientist, that that's not how it works. They're just better at task switching. But there is a cost, just like with your CPU, in switching multiple tasks, which is why if you open 70 tabs on your browser, and I've literally had people screen share with me sometimes when they are doing that, your computer will run incredibly slow. <laughs> slowly and your mental computer's even less good at multitasking it's just not going to do it so don't do it shut everything down and focus on one thing for an hour and you'll be way more productive than you do four hours of eating your dinner whilst checking emails and facebook and then also trying to write a chapter
0: yeah, no, this is really, really powerful idea. Are you trying to multitask? You know, not to put too fine a point on it in any way, shape or form, but if you're around people who you're talking to and they're literally looking at their phone while you're talking to them and you just think about what's happening in that relationship, <laughs> you're literally like, what is happening right now? And it's so funny when you run into that. And And the reality is if people think they can multitask and, and you're <laughs> (laughs) relationship is in it's one of the tasks yeah yeah (laughs) that's not
1: right a lot of us do that i mean my my (laughs) wife does that to a degree and i know that she's one of those people that loves to multitask because she's got a brain that fizzes like a top and incredibly clever and swift brained and she needs to do three things at once in order to feel relaxed which is a sign of somebody who needs to maybe meditate a bit more i'm somewhat like that but you're so right. Uh, and actually, if you think about it from a business point of view, if you are driving a car and you're having a conversation with somebody, now it's illegal to do it if you're holding a, a phone. But apparently the crash statistics are very similar, whether you're holding a phone or whether you don't look at it, because your brain is, is focused on processing you know, verbal uh, cues and social cues from the other person. And I think if you think of your business as a dangerous activity that requires focus in a risky environment well that describes most e-commerce to me wow. then you really shouldn't be driving whilst you know yapping on your phone to your friend you should be concentrating on one thing at a time because it's difficult enough yeah and i, I really think it's true and you're right yeah in right. terms of relationships it's a disaster i mean really i kind of sit there and people are doing that and i kind of sometimes playfully get my phone out and just start tapping uh, in order to make the point that like maybe we should focus on each other and have a chat mm-hmm. over lunch you know the art of conversation <laughs> Powerful. but yeah, good stuff.
0: Okay, man, what a list. I want to mention it? before we wrap up our list of resources that we mentioned and the books we kind of casually dropped in. And yeah. uh, But let me do a recap, if you want, of the 10 real fast, as is our custom here. We Shall we rattle through them? We... we, we yes we should i've got one bonus one if i
1: can just add that Isn't in i don't bonus. know what we're going to call it let's call it a bonus one which is from dan kennedy he talks about getting lost in other words not being available for communication and that's especially if you want to do creative work you'll need to decrease the, your availability or your brain will never focus on one thing so check email once or twice a day that's a tim Ferriss classic and absolutely i actually do this and it does work limit your direct availability on the phone or instant chats apps and just have one channel you use for emergency so yeah it, it's really important to be available but also not to be available and you need to just set a rhythm and communicate that rhythm to your team and to your clients and I tell my clients this repeatedly and they they generally Um, play ball if they need to reschedule something within 24 hours they will skype me or send me a text because if they email me they discover that i just haven't got it so uh Ah, it does work yeah it does work you just have to communicate and be gracious about it yeah and it it really does work you just have to have faith and follow through
0: tip get lost bonus tip yeah (laughs) i love it it reminds me of ron my mentor's thing where he leaves his business cell phone in his truck all weekend long and he doesn't you know he's not in his truck (laughs) yeah so he's just not not available sorry Yeah. yeah Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Great stuff. Okay. It, let's have the recap. <laughs> okay. The recap is 11 tips for reducing the time cost in your business. Number one, cap your personal time involvement with positive and negative boundaries. Number two, cap your team time. Number three, eliminate your investment in dis involvement, sorry, in decisions, eliminate your involvement in decisions. Number four is focus on the system. Number five is count your time for the year. Number six is calculate the true cost of your time to your business. Number seven is ask yourself, what are the three top activities you use to feel as if you're being productive? Number eight is, if you only accomplish one thing in a day, what is it that would satisfy you? Number nine is, are you inventing things to avoid the important? And if so, what are they and how do you deal with them? Number 10 is, are you trying to multitask? That doesn't work. Number 11 is Get Lost. And so I love those. The resources that we mentioned today in this conversation include The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferris, Parkinson's Law by Professor Northcote Parkinson, Work Less, Make More by James Tramco, Perry Marshall's 80-20 Sales and Marketing, but there's also another 80-20 book by another guy. I can't remember the author name. Richard
1: Koch, I think, K-O-C-H. So
0: he yeah, and that's book, an, a great but, one as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then Michael Gerber, E Myth Revisited. And then the effective executive, Peter Drucker. And then I don't know if Dan Kennedy had a book that, that comes out of Michael. You're yeah, I think book.
1: it's No BS
0: Time Management for Entrepreneurs, if I no remember No BS Time Management for Entrepreneurs. Awesome. And then the resource tracking tool that you, you mentioned, Michael, is toggle.com, T O G G L.com. Exactly right. Love it. What a conversation. Thank you so much for your wisdom on this stuff. You too. Really appreciate it. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Of course, Michael and I are both available for one-on-one conversations and consulting. You can hit um, us up on theecommerceleader.com to find links to our personal consultancies and we're happy to work with you in 2022 to make your business more effective. I've got a couple slots. Michael, I don't know what your dance card looks like, but we do have high bars. We work with people who are basically veteran operators and really have opportunities to enhance and improve their existing businesses, not so much with startups, I guess I should say. But it's an honor to be able to collaborate with our clients and the community that we're serving. It's growing and we're excited to see more and more people added every week as they listen to our podcast episodes. So, Michael, thank you as always. It's an honor. Pleasure. And
1: and, uh, to the point of uh, joining the growing throngs, especially on Spotify, a lot of people are uh, subscribing. Don't forget to subscribe if you're on Spotify, Apple, whatever, if you're on Apple podcast, we'd love a review or even just a rating one, two, three, four or five stars as you see fits. And then we're on the calling show as well, which is a brand new app. I believe it's iPhone only. And we're there every mm-hmm. Tuesday. Is it 8 a.m. Pacific these days? Uh, uh, yeah. And that yeah. shows
0: blowing up, man. Yeah. We actually are at, like in the top charts. We're number 15. Uh, <laughs> podcast in education category on right. the callin app. And we 10 X, have you seen our stats? We 10 X. I have not. Now that's really our listenership news. in the last week and a half or two weeks. They, the numbers have just literally 10. in so I don't know if they're just getting more traffic to that app. It's po- becoming more popular or somehow because we're in the uh, top charts, we're getting more listeners on the in app, but we're really grateful for everybody who checks us out. That show includes Kyle Hamer and Chris green. And it's a round table conversation with hot takes, hot tips, uh, on various topics. And so be sure to check that one out as well, callin.com.
1: That was the e-commerce leader podcast with Michael Vizi in London, England, and Jason Miles in Seattle, Washington. If you liked this content, don't forget to subscribe to the show on your podcast app. For free resources, including PDFs and videos on topics like traffic, products, and sales channels, just go to www.TheEcommerceLeader.com. No hyphens, just as
0: it sounds. Thanks so much for listening.